everything. I went from yeah. leaving the military to opening a gym the very next day. So I probably should have found my feet a little bit before <laughs> doing that, but it's a steep learning curve. And... Make a few mistakes on other people's time first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Um, so if Jim is, um, it, where is it? In Devizes? Devizes, yeah. Okay, tell the people where, where it's at. So in Devizes, Hopton Industrial Estate, we're currently located. Uh, midway down, just by the big bakery factory. You can smell it before you see it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. What a location. Some people moan, but I, I like it. I like the smell of donuts, but some people don't, yeah. especially when they're running around. Motivation. Yeah, exactly. Work for it. First. I like it. Yeah, that's it. I like that. Um, cool. So... What's bit, so I just wanted to kind of give a bit of context. So a bit of a background first. You were in the military. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about, about that. When did you start the military? When did you leave? So I joined the military in 2010. And I was in there for seven years. And then I got to a point where I was kind of either going one way or another and then I got into fitness within the military um, and then unfortunately my stars didn't quite align with the military um, in the respect of uh, medical discharge and that then led me down a different route of fitness which was my other passion because mm-hmm. while I was in the military I was kind of I wasn't a physical instructor but they looked to me a lot of the time because I was already into my fitness I was very knowledgeable in it take it on myself to research it they turned to me to to take the lads for training sessions so um, I kind of fell into it naturally as I I went along with the military that's cool that's really cool so that's a fairly common story I think it's not always the PTIs that come out and want to be a PT it's a completely different thing but they've found their fitness in in the military so where were you you based so I was originally based uh, straight out of training where I did it in Exeter Uh, I went up to Scotland from Scotland, I went to Taunton. From Taunton, I went to Borden, uh, about an hour out of London. Then I went to Barnstable. Then I went back to Taunton. And then that was, that was the only one. Then so, Barnstable is a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just a, a different bit. Feel. Just a bit. That's, that's cool, though. So now then, you're, you've, you've left the military, done your fitness courses, and you started out working with your family, right? Yeah, so when... I was coming to leave the military. My mum's been in the fitness industry for 20 odd years, if not longer now. And um, I approached her because she's always been renting town halls and sports halls and things like that. Mm. And I approached her and said, right, okay, let's, let's open a gym. You have already got a client base that will happily come. And then you haven't got to be renting halls and answering to other people. And she was a bit hesitant, and I was—I'm really optimistic, and I always like to run before I can walk. Yep. And uh, I finally managed to persuade her through my powers of persuasion, being her youngest, yeah. youngest child, blue-eyed boy, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we, yeah, I, I persuaded her to open the gym, and then yeah, kind of that led pretty quickly. Um, and then yeah, when we opened, my my mum had kind of. 70, 80 people walking through the door on day one yeah. and I had just a couple of my best mates from school turning up to, to my stuff so yeah it was, it, was a, it was an experience but luckily we got on really well so uh, we always have done it's not like a t- stereotypical parent-child relationship yeah. we get on more like friends um, that's nice so it was, it was nice to work together for a little while 
So is she still there? No. So basically what happened was um, my mum's kind of, I won't say her age because she'll probably shoot me. 35, 40. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> more, more like nearly 50. But um, she, she, uh, she wasn't interested in business growth. Okay. She was happy with what she had. She was happy with um, her group of women that she's got because she specializes in women's fitness. And she was happy where she was. She was living a nice life, comfortable life. She didn't have to work too much. And she, she kept her clients who she has got very regular and very happy. Mm. So she just focused on that. Whereas myself, I was very growth driven, um, always after new clients, always after new members, ways to grow a business and more kit, more equipment, more courses, etc. So after 18 months, we came to the agreement that I was outgrowing the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, my membership had grown so much that it was hard for us to both be cohabiting the same building. So um, we sat down and we had the conversation that either I would leave yeah. and find somewhere bigger or I would take on that place on my own. Um, so yeah, we, we came to the agreement that responsibility-wise, my mum works about 12, 15 hours a week max. Yeah. Um, so it didn't make sense for her to, to have a gym yeah. um, with with kind of all the responsibilities that come with running a gym. Whereas for me, I'm, I'm in there kind of 15, 16 hours a day. So yeah, for yeah. me, it was worth keeping. Definitely. So you threw your mum out? That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, a few people have said that to me. A lot of people, when it first happened, everyone was saying, oh, I can't believe you kicked your mum out. And I was like, no, I haven't. I haven't kicked her out. It's not quite like that. And the town we live in is really small, so rumours got around, and before you knew it, like, people were saying, oh, I heard you've fallen out with your mum. Oh, like, God. God. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, you could kind of say I, I grew so big, it just kind of, the belly pushed her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> From the donuts. That's yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's a good way to look at it. That's amazing, though. So, what's the membership base now? The membership base that I've got is well, we're floating around 100 to 150 members, right? Um, which isn't huge in comparison to uh, like a, a 24/7 commercial gym, yeah. all these franchise gyms that you see. But for a niche gym and a CrossFit gym, it's it's actually pretty decent going, and for the size as well, we're only we're only about two and a half thousand square foot. So yeah. It's a small place, um, so a very niche. Um, but our members, you kind of, I'd say 75% of the membership base is they've been there since day one. They've ride or dies under those yeah. ones. Like, yeah. The people that have come through from you to do courses and stuff yeah. you're building, you know, your team there, exactly. they're just, they're all, like if they had, if they could have Adam Bentley socks on, they would. <laughs> yeah. Like they are so into, I love that. Yeah. You don't get that. No. At the clubs at a big chain, you don't get that. No, so I know. I know every single one of my members by name. Yeah, I can walk into a, into the room and I'll know every single person by name. I know a little bit about them, yeah. and I prefer it that way. Yeah, I, I don't really ever want to sell out into being a gym that has a thousand members, and I don't know the difference between one person and another. Yeah, or you only see a hundred of them. That's it. You don't want that yeah. either. as results, right? Yeah, so. I see every single person at least <laughs> once a week, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a much nicer place to be. I actually enjoy being there. Yeah. I feel comfortable because I know everyone who's inside of my business. Yeah. Not kind of just a, a number on, on, a, on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Paying a membership, which doesn't really work for me. It's not really what I would like. No. So with, with that, what's, you've, you said to me just now, um, we're talking just off air, you, you said you've now gained an affiliation with CrossFit. So is it CrossFit Devices now? Is it, what's the story? Yeah, so it is. It is CrossFit Devices. It, 
on the on the uh, the license name is CrossFit Devices. Right. I'm still keeping the Bentley's branding. Yeah. Um, because if I ever expand into another town, then it would be Bentley's CrossFit yeah, yeah, location. Yeah. And uh, that's the plan. The plan is to still keep the Bentleys, uh, as you can see from the chest logo. That's still going to stay. Yeah. Um, but like the the location is called CrossFit Devices, but right. the kind of umbrella brand is Bentleys. Right. Okay. What made you have the decision? I know you you were already getting into CrossFit when we first. You were already into it yeah. when we started your own training. When we started doing our courses together. Mm. And I knew you wanted to compete in that and you do bits and pieces, but what made the decision to actually go, right, I'm not going to do my own style, I'm going to do what CrossFit, I'm going to join CrossFit. What made the decision? Yeah, so, I mean, like you say, I was heavily into CrossFit anyway. I, I trained in CrossFit for years while I was still in the military and I went to CrossFit gyms and coached at CrossFit gyms uh, before I even left. So I was massively into it. I was competing regularly and I was following it religiously. So, mm -hmm. Anyone that does CrossFit knows it's like a religion. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a crazy world, and yeah, it's, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird once you get into it, but you don't even realise you're doing it. Well, the weird thing is, just just on the pause on that, yeah, I was um, doing some bits in Italy with Techno Gym, and they brought in a couple of guys who own CrossFit Hereford. Yeah, and it's literally a case of they have people emailing them or phoning them from like Denmark mm. so I'm going to be somewhere around the area can I train and they'll just dive in and train there yeah. because they know what they're going to get yeah. so it's, it is a little bit like that like a brotherhood yeah so there you go you've just touched on it and it is that. that's kind of the reason the main reason I affiliated so like, like you say I've been the way I train is CrossFit yeah. it's all CrossFit based it's high intensity high intensity functional fitness um, and that's how I branded my gym since the beginning, a functional fitness facility. And it does come across, and anyone that knows CrossFit will come in and they'll, they'll look around the place and they'll go, oh, this is just like CrossFit. Mm. And you're like, yeah, it is. It's just like CrossFit, but we're not a CrossFit gym. <coughs> um, and then over time, you kind of realize that it's limiting your reach. Mm. And it's like you'll know of anything. It's a brand. Yeah. The brand attracts people. Um, so for me, I was waiting until I had a, a big enough membership of following to actually take the financial risk of becoming yeah. a CrossFit affiliate. It's a yearly affiliation fee, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Every year you pay your affiliation fee. Um, and now that we've affiliated, you get people coming that have heard of CrossFit, but they've never heard of functional fitness. Yeah. So people have heard of CrossFit because it's a massive brand, it's worldwide, it's, yeah. it's, it's all over the fitness industry. Um, and obviously they pay millions and millions of dollars every year to advertise CrossFit. Yeah. So basically for me it was kind of I got to the point where I thought, right, am I going to spend money advertising that this is functional fitness, but there isn't really a brand of functional fitness. It's a yeah. way of training. Whereas CrossFit is a branded version of functional fitness. You're almost competing with it if you don't yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're trying to steal people away from CrossFit rather than actually being a part of it. Yeah. And it's so much easier being a part of a brand rather than trying to compete against a brand. Yeah. Um some people some people might say it's it's kind of it's an easier way, but for what you get from being in the CrossFit brand for me, yeah. um, was just worth doing. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're kind of then you can use all their, their ways about uh, stuff so they have like the benchmark workouts for girls and things like that so they can compare themselves worldwide yeah. to anyone anywhere that makes sense and like you touched on earlier anyone will turn up from anywhere in the world I mean at the moment I've got a girl from Brazil and a girl from France both over on exchange drafts for university and they just type in CrossFit Wiltshire 
CrossFit divisors, we pop up, they know what they're going to get. They give me a call, they say, I've done CrossFit for how many years? I'm from blah, blah, can I come in and train? Yeah. So it's so much easier because they're not wondering, is that the right gym for me? Yeah, yeah. You put CrossFit on it, they know what they're getting. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So do you have, like, did it change how you run things at all? Because would you put on different wads and stuff like that based on, on that? you change your timetable in? How, like, yeah, so our timetable's changed slightly because it's got a little bit busier. And uh, so we've had to put more classes on. Uh, the main thing that you'll notice is that it's just now we use all the CrossFit um, kind of wording. So we get to call our classes CrossFit what? Yeah. Um, rather than just workout. Yeah. Because yeah. people will be like, well, what's a workout class? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you put CrossFit class, people know it's going to be a CrossFit class. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it opens up all the different avenues of like CrossFit kids and things like that. We don't offer any of that stuff yet, um, but it's something that's it opens a door to that brand that yeah. obviously people are familiar with so yeah I would say the timetable has changed slightly we've just put more on because that'll be attracting more people Yeah. but with regards to the actual programming itself like you say like I said before the programming is high intensity functional fitness it's, it's, yeah. it's an encompassing fitness of all all, put, all things put together um, so the, the programming itself hasn't actually changed a tremendous amount um, but we just get to use like the benchmark workouts and the hero workouts now involved as well yeah. but the program is still primarily done by myself that's really cool and do you are you competing now um, I'm not actually competing myself right now because I had a actually had a hernia operation about 12 weeks ago are you joking no yeah so I've, <laughs> I've literally just got back into training myself a, yeah. a few weeks ago um, so I was laid up for a, for a few odd weeks. Um, healed up, all good? Yeah, it's all healed up now. Um, I get carried away like yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? I don't know, I lose track of days. But I was, I was trying to get back into snatching. Yeah. Like, you know how much I love my Olympic lifting. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of, my, my all-time personal best is 110 kilos. Jesus. Um, and then I was like I was just building up I was like 60 yeah that feels good 70 that feels good I went for 80 yeah that feels good and then I got I got stopped by one of my coaches um, she said oh what are you doing you're getting carried away you've only you've only just getting back into training yeah. and then uh, I then I was like no 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 I feel fine I did it again and again so I'd, I'd thrown 80 kilos up above my head a few times mm. um, and mine was a groin hernia right so as you'll know with Olympic lifting it's all about yes. kind of the full extension of the core and hips mm. and then massive stop, uh, core stability when it's up above your head um, and I got home in the evening and I said to my partner I was like yeah I got carried away I couldn't move really no I was in bed crippled uh, yeah it was it was bad so we're worse than any that. client we're worse than any client yeah so that's, that's the biggest problem it's crazy isn't it yeah I, I wouldn't even let my client if they were me yeah they were coming back after a hernia operation I would not let a client go near a bar with even 40 kilos on for a snatch let alone yeah. 80 yeah and yeah but like you say we're worse than the client yeah we are <laughs> we've yeah, got yeah. to do it to know what not to let them do <laughs> yeah that's it it's a good way of justifying it yeah but it's so true I think we're in all aspects we you know rest days I know that trainers are way worse than clients for stuff like that not taking enough rest days 100%. and whatever um, not really looking after their diet as well as they should not getting enough sleep as they should all that kind of stuff it's so easy to let yourself fall by the way so and assume you're invincible oh, until definitely. you do get an injury and 
and whatever. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a, definitely a, a word of warning, I guess. There. Well, just to, just to not scare people from away from the fitness industry. My hernia wasn't actually fitness related. Right. I had that from when I was a kid. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had it oh, the whole time. I was about fourteen or fifteen when I first noticed it. And um, I went to the doctors about it, and they said, "Oh yeah, turn it, blah blah blah. We don't operate on them unless they're painful or right. kind of they well, they're moving." It. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and I went my whole time through the Marines, never giving me any troubles. Um, and it's about six months ago. I was doing. I mean, I was doing a pretty ridiculously heavy back squat, but um, I felt a little twinge, and then I looked down, and it basically looked like a golf ball was sticking really? out. Really. Um, so I went to the doctors and they were like, ah, yeah, it's time for surgery. Yeah. Um, so I ha- I've had it since I was a kid. Most it's, people are born with them anyway. Is that right? Yeah. It's a shame that they don't look at that and go, okay, let's do some sort of preventative mm. measure before you, instead of just waiting for it to pop and then yeah. you're laid up, especially with what you do. Like you would have thought that would be a consideration. That's a shame. Yeah. How long were you out? Uh, I was off work. I was out of the gym for two, nearly two weeks. I was, they recommended two weeks. I was back in 10 days. Right. Um, and I went back into the gym about two days, three days after the operation. I was hobbling around like, yeah. a, like a 90 year old. All my members <laughs> were taking the, taking the piss of it wrong. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. But I was, out, I was out for about 10 days off work and then I stopped myself doing any fitness, any training for six weeks. Wow. And then I started getting back into it, just body weight stuff at first. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Slowly That's interesting. But it's, you have to. You've got to slowly build that back over that. you want to yeah. have a relapse of it. So what is, what's next for, for your gym, for Bentley's? What's next? Oh, well. You're building your team nicely. Yeah, the team is building, the team is building steadily. Um, we've now got, not including myself, I've got six more coaches right. underneath me. Um, I say underneath me, I don't mean in, underneath me in, in training. Um, some of the coaches there are just fantastic. Yeah. Um, we all complement each other really, really well because uh, for one thing they'll get from me, they'll get something completely different from another coach. So the team, I'm trying to build a team that is, it offers something to every single person out there. So yeah. if, if my style of training doesn't work for that person, then one of my other coaches' style of coaching will work for that person. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, trying to build a perfect team yeah. uh, first um, and then kind of, carry on expanding the membership and the timetable and yeah. the space that we've got um, and then hopefully in the next few years it'll be a bigger facility yeah. um, or another facility in another town Is there space at the um, industrial park to, to grow at all or it has to be moved? No, where I am, if, if something bigger came along at the right time then there is bigger units within the within devices inside the same industrial estate. Right. <clears throat> Whether or not they come up, they're quite rare. Yeah. Um, especially the type of unit that I would go for. Yeah. Because um, as you know, with CrossFit gyms, we don't go for like swanky yeah. air conditioned, yeah. like the automatic the black um, uh, glass doors and all this stuff. No. We go for the old school storage style yeah. unit. Roll the door up. Big go. roll the door. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's got a real, it's got a real kind of, I won't say dingy feel to it. Um, let's say rustic. Rustic's nice. Maybe. Like rustic. rustic. Makes it sound a bit posher, but <laughs> it's really not. It's just a storage unit. I'm expecting this kind of exposed copper pipes when it's in the real place. <laughs> yeah, it's not shabby not that, no. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause because you said all the team's building nicely. When we first started saying about building your team and I'm going to send people over and get them trained with T2 and um, send them back. 
your words to me were, I want to build a fitness Avengers squad. That was, that was what you wanted. So giving yeah. people an idea of what, what we're actually talking about building your team, it's not just a case of different types of coaches. It's like I want this badass squad of trainers yeah. that can cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, that immediately, I knew exactly what you wanted. Because yeah. I think it's, um, it is important to have people that have different skill sets and to take the ego out of it completely. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the areas I think with, with, with some places, there's so much ego of, Oh no! I'm sitting at the top, and everyone sits beneath me, and it's not—it's not about that at all. Like the amount of people I've referred on because it's not my skill set mm-hmm. is so. I think it's so important we do that. I know it's not easy when you first start because you got to pay the bills and the rest of it. But like, it, it, I think it's so important. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if if kind of if you're just trying to like, I could I could happily just send anyone to I could happily send someone to to yourself, for instance, and get them basic qualified mm-hmm. just to be an instructor or a coach um, but then my teaching methods I don't do that for a living I yeah. coach people to work out I don't coach people to coach yeah so I'm not I'm not teaching I'm not a trained trainer yeah that's what you specialize in yeah. so um, yeah but without a doubt for me it was never a question in I'll get people in and I'll raise them to be the way that I want them to be yeah because that's not the that's not my area that I I yeah. specialise in. So yeah, without a doubt it was, it was a it was a case of trying to get the, the best people possible personality wise, not even like ability wise. Yeah. Because you can train someone to be a good coach. Yes. But you can't you can't train someone to be a decent person. And I like to think that a lot of like my my team that I've got, they're they're like kind of the most some of the most honest coaches you'll you'll find. Yeah. Um, and if we don't know something we're not going to bluff someone and try and say, like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you say, you've got to kind of pass people on. And sometimes we get people coming in and they're just not a right fit for the gym. Um, and people get really offended if I say to them, look, kind of, you're not... I wouldn't say we turn people away, but I will always send someone to a different gym if I think that's what they're looking for. I won't yeah. try and bluff them into my gym. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people kind of sometimes, if I say to them, look, I don't really think this is the right kind of gym for you, what do you mean it's not the right kind of gym for me? I'm, I'm offered to pay you my money. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but we're not like a kind of, we're not a bodybuilding gym. Yeah. We're a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Do what um, you do and do it really well. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're not, we're not trying to, we're not trying to appeal to everyone, but we're, we're trying to make sure that what we are doing, yeah. we can do everything within that. Yeah. Um, the best way possible. We want, we want, <laughs> sounds really, sounds really, um, I don't want to say big headed, but, Sounds kind of egotistical. I want other gyms like us to go to to say to each other, "Ah, oh, shit, we don't want to be we don't want to be overtaken by that because they're doing really well." Yeah. I want to be one of those gyms that people say, "Yeah, they're they're actually a really good gym." Yeah, not fear us, but respect. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. In the yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm trying to trying to build such a such a good team. I think there's a there's a shift, and I sense it big time with with just the sorts of different hats I wear. I definitely sense a difference now where, where people are moving away, like not not maybe the industry just yet, but members are moving away towards that sort of community-based mm. uh, feel where you walk in and everyone knows you and they're happy for you to be there and dive in with me, this workout or whatever, yeah. way more than commercial aspects of gyms. I'm seeing that loads more, mm. so much more. And I get approached more and more from people saying, almost what you've just said there, have you got anybody that would fit this type of training? Because I, I want to hire someone. I don't want it to be a, uh, 
from a mold. I yeah. want them to have a personality where I, I don't mind if they're, you know, having a banner with the clients and, and, you know, whatever on the gym. I want that feel on my gym floor. I'm yeah. seeing that loads more. 100%. And like, kind of, uh, if I'm working out, like, if I work out after after I finish with my clients for the morning or whatever, mainly on weekends I get my free time to work out while the gym's open. And my if my members come in and I'm training, they're more than welcome to be training with me, and they quite often do. Yeah. And that, I think that's a massive difference between one minute I'm the coach and they're listening to me, and the next minute we're kind of sweating it out to get together yeah. and fist fist bumping at the end because yeah. we've both done exactly the same workout. So it kind of puts you on a on a on the same level as everyone else yeah um, there's nothing worse than kind of like any kind of business you walk in and there's like the top dog sat on his high horse yes just looking down on everyone like like they're worthless and yeah. for me if I'm ever like that like all my coaches know if, if I ever come across like that then I would expect them to to knock me straight back off that high horse because yeah. that's not me as a person anyway I'm not really the one to like if I'm if I'm doing anything then the kind of the members are the priority not whether yeah. or not I can make money out of it or yeah. I can benefit in, in some way or another but that came across to be fair when we first when we first met you had to do your level 2 gym and you've of course been doing CrossFit you've been in the Marines it doesn't get much more badass than any of those <laughs> things and I'm saying to you right this is how we do a squat so the first day on level two was almost like for you, I'm looking around going, I need to, obviously, I need to make sure that if someone's never done this before at all, that's what this course is about, bringing people into the industry and giving them an idea of what it's, what it's about. And often when guys come along that have your background, I kind of go, okay, how am I going to make sure this person's not getting sort of bored or whatever if they've been doing this a long time and you needed to get your certificates and whatever for Civvy Street? Yeah. So... With you straight away, you're like, no, no, I understand exactly what's going on. You need to do this the correct way. I completely get it. Um, and by the end of the first two days, I'm saying to you, Adam, will you just watch those guys while they do it and give them some feedback? So you were tutoring for the first yeah. couple of days, yeah. which is great. But that's again, that's what that's what I want from people in your position is is to kind of go, okay, great. Let me make the best of of this. I have to make yeah. sure that I'm doing. And of course now. It's slightly different. I've moved towards the app, so we don't have to cover health and safety worksheets as such yeah. and stuff like that, um, which is valid. But at the same time, a lot of it you would have done before because you've been you've been clearing up military gyms for however long. So it's um, we do get that from time to time where people come in and kind of go, "Oh, I've done, kind of done this all already," mm. and it can cause an atmosphere. Yeah. So it's you did it the right way. So everything you do, you do that way. You know, you put everything yeah, hundred percent. And I, I definitely. For me, I would have never turned up to a course. At the end of the day, I'm paying you to do one of your courses. Yeah. I've come in and I've, I've come to learn from you. And whether or not I actually took anything from how to do a bodyweight squat or pick up dumb, dumbbells correctly, well, that was kind of irrespective of my attitude towards it. I was there as learning everything from, from start to finish. Yeah. Because it'd be just... I mean, I see it in my gym. I, I see people come in that have obviously done CrossFit before. Yeah. Or they've obviously done weightlifting, obviously done Olympic lifting or whatever. And they come in and they, they automatically assume that they've got nothing to learn. Yeah. Um, I've, I, had, I had one guy who was coming to my gym. He was actually kind of qualified himself. And I, at first I got the impression that he wasn't particularly interested in what I had to say yeah. as a coach. And I kind of nibbled at a few little things that he had wrong with the way he was lifting. And I kept saying it to him, I kept saying it. You could see he was just brushing off what I was saying. Mm. And then one day, he, for whatever reason, he must have been in a good mood. 
Um, he took on what I said and tried it, and his lifting changed dramatically. Mm. And he actually looked like he knew what he was doing then. So yeah, like going back to what you said, if <coughs> if I'd have just come in with a massive ego saying I don't need to know this shit, yeah. then I wouldn't have got anything from it. You probably wouldn't have taken to me very well. Yeah, and then you probably would have just made me be doing the doing the stuff even more yeah. just to prove the point that you're the trainer yeah because that that's the whole point so yeah. uh, anyone that comes in with an ego whether they think they know it or not i think they're kind of they're setting themselves on the, on the back foot straight away and let's be honest if, you, if you're like that are you ever really going to be that great in the fitness industry yeah absolutely not. not because you come across too many people that are too egotistical and yeah they're just they're just not going to be a very nice person at the end of the day in the fitness industry it's the people people buy you they don't yeah. pay they don't buy your kind of expertise you could be a professional in whatever yeah but if you've got a bit of a crappy attitude and yeah. you're not a likable person yeah like, you're never going to get far no not at all and i think there's there is there can be an element of that at times where people kind of go we have a lot of times where people say well, I want to just do the PT side. I don't, but you have to have your foundation. And so what we've done on the, on the gym course, especially now, is we've, our first day, it's different when you did it, our first day is like all big lifts. So straight away, we skewed the course to make sure that all of those big lifts are covered on the first day. So we call them our big five. Mm. So we've got squat, deadlift, row, overhead press, bench, all on the first day. So you learn how to effectively do that, look at common faults. So we're throwing them straight in at the deep end. So I have, I have people who are qualified years in the industry and kind of go, actually, can I just pay to come for that one day? Because understanding why the knees are rolling in or understanding why my butt's tucking under at the bottom of the squat is really valid. So that's now a main part of our level two course mm. because we also looked at it and thought, actually, there is some validity to the fact that people are coming in and we often teach them things that they may know already because it's on the syllabus. So we rewrote our syllabus. It was like, well... What do we really want people to know, regardless of level? Like, if you're walking the gym floor, you should know exactly why someone is, whatever, hinging wrong on a deadlift. You should know why their butt's rising before their, you know, whatever, on, on before their shoulders on a deadlift. You should know why. Yeah. And we should be able to fix that straight away. So day one, here's your kind of workbook. You've had your app. Now let's get straight into the gym and start lifting. And one thing I've learned over my time doing education is, like, trainers want to train. So they don't want to sit here and watch the whiteboard for the first three hours. So get them sweating, get them moving, and suddenly all of that stuff goes out the window. All of the kind of apprehensions about the first day on the course and all that kind of stuff is gone. So everyone's just training. So from there, that kind of gives me an insight into where, where you are. When you get people brand new into the gym and they're into their first class and they get a fist bump off the coach, regardless of their level, that's great because it gets people involved straight away. And that's one of the things I've, I've kind of started to move towards. It's like, that's so important. Sounds a lot better because I remember when I did my course, I mean, we spent, what was it, like four or five hours in the morning going through paperwork and, yeah. and lectures. And I'm not going to lie and say it was the most interesting thing I ever did because who likes health and safety and <laughs> kind of learning stuff off a whiteboard? Not very many people, especially people trying to get into the fitness industry. Yes, practical so people. The way of doing it on the app and then just coming in and getting straight into the gym. Yeah. Yeah, it's I should wait a bit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Your mum said would have had a place to train her. Yeah. <laughs> would have grown, yeah. Would have grown. But that was one of the things. When we looked at it, we were going, right, I've got this unique opportunity to rewrite the course. You have to map it to standards. That's like the government giving standards. You've got to make sure you tick the boxes. Mm. But at the same time, we rewrote it. We're like, what are the things that people really want to do? And what do we as trainers want to do? 
And most people that we get in as tutors, they want to be doing the things that are that are more beneficial and overlap into industry. So I've lost count of the amount of times how we used to do it, or we would say to people, this is for the course, and then in real life, I want you to think about it this way. Yeah. Because it's not always, they don't always marry up because the syllabus gets dated. Yeah. So now we're looking at going, well, squats are never going to get dated. Like, that's never no. going to happen. So no. um, the practical side is what we really need to prepare you for. You could be great in the books, but it's the same as your analogy to having a terrible personality in the gym or attitude. Mm. doesn't matter what you have got on your paper. I almost prefer my trainers to get, you know, 80% instead of 100% and have a much better ability in the gym yeah. than getting 100% understanding you know, the, all the different names of the different areas on the bones, which is important, but as a PT, has a client ever asked you about their epiphysis? No, I was going to say that. Like, you will never, ever go into as much detail with a client as you will in your no. exams. So people need to know that, people like me. Yeah. I need to get that across so you can pass your exams. So that's on the app, but, like, we'll cover it and pass your exams. But the big thing is making sure people are ready to go and train people. Mm. And that's, that, for us, has been always a kind of major thing. It's making sure they're ready to go when they leave us. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely, it, but it's the same sort of thing as you've said. It's a crossover with business. Is you're always looking to how how can I grow and make my product better? And I always think that when we do things like that, and we've got a small team as well, it's like it, it allows us to have a little bit more of an impact long term on people that come on courses. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever said it to you, but when when I first did my courses with you. I I learned from you, which wasn't related to the course, I learned how to be professional, but still kind of relaxed. Mm. So coming out of the military, it was always just robot style. There was never any kind of crossover between like someone that you can have a normal conversation with and someone that's, that's training you to do something. It was always just, that's the trainer. Whereas for me, when I came here, I was kind of still in that mindset. Yeah. So... I was still used to people just standing up and talking and no banter, no laughs, no jokes, no no real talk. Um, but when I came here and I was training with yourself, it kind of it got rid of that mindset for me. So it kind of set me up in the way of that I am now in the respect of I, I can be a coach, I can be professional, but at the same time, kind of I can be like a lot of my clients see me as a friend as well as yeah. a trainer. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that's a mega a mega skill to, to to try and get hold of is someone that's going to be training you to do a good job, but at the same time they're not a robot. Yeah. I think you you did that really well. Hence why. That's nice. Hence why we've worked so well together. I come back to you several times and send my coaches to you because I know they're going to come back with the same attitude. Yeah. They're going to come back with that same attitude of yeah, okay, I know my shit. Mm. but I don't need to be kind of a Hitler about it. Yeah, I don't need yeah. to just dictate what I'm saying and not interact with a person yeah. as an actual person. So, yeah, I think, I think you have a really good knack of actually spitting out people that are people rather than just pushing through a factory line and then they come out as a walking, talking, walking, talking PT robot, which, let's be honest, you can get that on an app. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's not you to do anything. I would never want that. The amount of times you hear, like, I, I'd always call people on it. Like, uh, you know, early on you get one, two, three, four. And I'm like, okay, hold up a second. Could you look to the client? Can you count to 10? Like, yeah, I can count to 10. Great. Cool. In that case, you haven't got to do it. Make sure you know where they are, but you know, coach them. Yeah. And the most important thing is coaching them. They know what number they're on. They're doing it. 
they're going to know better than you are because they want to finish. So yeah, they they're, they're what, in pain. Yeah. They ain't going to lose count. <laughs> no, they know what number they're on. So you should know where they are. But again, your whole responsibility is to make sure you're coaching that person and giving them a high five at the end of it because they've done a good job. That's it's the human element. It's a personal element of personal training. Yeah. So important. So with knowing who's listening um, to the podcast, knowing our target kind of audience is making sure that people are, are growing in their roles as trainers. If you've got any advice for people coming in to a course, but also going into their first job, so what would you think would be the, the things you would, you would give them advice on? Well, um, I probably should have thought of a decent answer before we actually sat down yeah. and spoke, um, because then it probably would have been a lot more useful to the people listening. Um, but I, I would kind of say for the people that are thinking about doing the courses, it's kind of just start with the basics. Yeah. So I know it's kind of a given because they have to have a certain qualification, the gym instructor course. They have to have that before they can do their PT. But a lot of people will kind of, like you say, they'll want to just do the PT side of stuff because they think they know the basics. Yeah. Whereas the, the basic stuff is definitely going to make your life easier as you go through. With regards to then doing the basics and stopping with the basics, like I say, I kind of, I wouldn't say like we've, like we've kind of agreed, I didn't learn that much from the gym instructor course in the respect of how to do a squat and pick up dumbbells right, but it taught me a lot of other stuff in, in the same aspect of actually being in a gym and interacting with people and being a different person rather than just needing to know what I know. Mm. Like you could do, you could just do it online, yeah. like all of it online and, and get a certificate. And I don't even know if that's possible for the, for, for the fitness industry. For most places it's not. Uh, most bodies would demand there is some element of face-to-face. Mm. Most bodies. So if that's a word to the wise, actually, if you're looking at courses and it's all online, it probably isn't fully accredited. Yeah. So most places will say, so reps, Simsper, e-reps, whoever, will say you need to have some element of face-to-face. Yeah. That's why ours has gone, right? Face-to-face needs to be the things that are going to make you successful. There's all the other stuff we can teach you um, through digital content and stuff, but that those bits are the, the bits we focus on. But yeah, you could. You're right. In, in essence, you could do all of that through you know, webinars and whatever. Yeah. It just uh, for me, like I don't know. I'm I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. I, I love being around people and actually interacting. So for me, it was like I would have never done the online side. But we've actually, I guess, with kind of choosing your courses staying on the courses subjects for me I don't know because maybe I came out of such a massive organisation being the military I was used to big brands and I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say it but YMCA Um, those guys were who the military were pushing me towards because they're well I don't know if they're the biggest one in the UK of fitness courses Um, and to be honest, I can't slag them off because I've never been to one of their courses. No. Their courses might be fantastic. Their, their tutors and their trainers might be second to none. However, it was actually my mum because my mum discovered you online. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, check this guy out in Swindon. And then when I went on at first, I was like, oh, right, okay, well, I've never heard of this guy. And then your natural reaction is, oh, well, they can't be as good as YMCA. But in fact, I probably wasn't any, like, I couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. Like it was, it was a case of actually, if I'd have gone anywhere else, probably would I have been exactly the way that I am now? Probably not. Yeah. Um, the way that I train people, um, like I said, I can't, I can't compare it because I've never been to anyone else. But yeah, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't now just go for kind of the the, the biggest company out there. Yeah. Well, the fact that you never felt the need to go anywhere else is enough for me. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. For me, that's a great endorsement. Um, what about for people, because you've pretty much done 
the dream scenario for a lot of people. Mm. Do your course, immediately open a gym, or even if they want to do that five years down the road, you've you've done that. Yeah. Um, what what sort of things like as far as advice, understanding that because we get people that come and say that's their ultimate goal, day one. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Own my own gym, whether it's a CrossFit thing, whether it's a whatever, a women's only gym, whatever it might be. What would be the things that you would say there? I think the I think the first thing that I would say is if you if you're a bit lazy and you actually enjoy your own time and you want to switch off and have Netflix and chill in the evening, then just stop dreaming and don't think about opening a gym right. because it's not for you. Right. A lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can open a gym. Nah, you can't. If, if, you, if you haven't got the mentality to sleep four hours a night and be in that gym 15, 16 hours a day at first, yeah. I'm not in there as much as I was, but if you're not willing to put in that hard work, it's like anything. Yeah. If you're not willing to put in, put in the reps, like... If you walk to the gym, everyone's dream is to deadlift like 250, 300 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. So if you walk into a gym and you're going to do that, you're not going to walk in and deadlift 200 kilos on your first day. Yeah. You're just not. And kind of it's putting in the reps. It's putting in the reps every day. So, so, you, so you start at 60 and do that and then 70 and do that and then 80 and do that. And you, you're just going to build it up as you go. Um, it's kind of like opening a gym. Even though I had the facility, I had the, the physical presence of a gym, didn't have a gym if that makes sense yeah, I had the building yeah. I had the building I didn't have the members I didn't have the income I was in the red every single month for the first six months I think it was yeah. I was in the red um, after six months I just started covering costs and then after a year I started paying myself a wage so kind of to, to not go on about it too much and how I actually did it from step by step it was I, I would say if you if you aren't prepared to put in the reps then this this kind of it's very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, so my personal my personal advice, um, I mean, I was lucky because, like I said, I opened it with my mum. Yeah. So even though it's all mine now, it's it's my gym. Um, I run it on my own with my team. If you, it's very difficult to to set up from day one. But the my biggest advice is is get a client base first. Right. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be a PT or you're gonna be a coach or whatever then have some kind of foot in the fitness industry um, and know people in the industry. So right. it's like networking, like you and I. Yeah. We know each other. Yeah. I know I could probably get in touch with you about something like I did in the early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked you about different stuff and I think I asked you some marketing stuff and yeah. some, even my accounting. I remember yeah. sending you an email about um, doing my accounts yeah. and your clothing and your branding and all this stuff. And unless you're going to network, it's very, very difficult to survive. But yeah, it's, it's definitely doable if you if you're not lazy if you're willing to work if you're willing to work it'll happen it's yeah. like anything <laughs> if you're willing to put in the hours it will work and it is fantastic good owning a gym is, is the best thing I've ever done the more work you put into something typically the more rewarding it's going to be anyway but that's yeah. I think that's a big thing you know, it's it, any business any, like any of my clients I still train clients any of the clients that I have that are doing you know loads of foreign travel and they're running big businesses they didn't just get given that. There's a lot of work that goes involved with that, but they're super happy because they've put that groundwork in. Now, when they have two weeks off, people look at it and go, oh, it's all right for you. Yeah. But you've put that groundwork in for the last 10 years. So it's well worth doing, but it does take work. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah. Yeah, it takes the work. Um, but people, you couldn't offer me, you couldn't offer me a million pounds to, to go back into the military or do something else with there's easier ways to make a living than having a gym. Yeah. Um, 
but it's probably one of the most rewarding if you actually care about other people, care about them. If you want to just make money, then just be a PT and pay a rent. Yeah. But if you actually want to make a difference to people's lives, then owning a gym is definitely your best bet. I love that. Adam, thank you so much for making the time, mate, to come in. I appreciate it.